Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Although Easter is a most joyous festival, the most joyous festival, it may seem strange to us that one emotion that we see repeatedly on display on that first Easter morning, as described here in our Gospel reading, is seemingly rather the, the exact opposite of joy. That's fear. First, we see the fear of the guards at the tomb, those Roman soldiers who had been uh, stationed there by the governor, Pontius Pilate, to, to guard the tomb so that Jesus' disciples would not come and steal his body. The angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled away the stone from the entrance of the tomb and then sat down on top of it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow, shining with the glory of God himself. When the guards saw that supernatural sight, something that they had never seen anything like it before in their lives, they were so terrified of that holy angel that they shook and became like dead men. They couldn't move out of fear and terror. Then in the verses just after our reading, we see that some of those guards, then after the women had left, they, they went into Jerusalem and they reported to the chief priests of the Jewish people what had happened there at the tomb. And for those religious leaders of God's chosen people, instead of them having great joy at the appearance of one of God's holy angels and the fact that the tomb was empty miraculously, the chief priests instead were troubled and afraid. They were afraid, we can assume, that their popularity would continue to decrease even more than it already had when Jesus, before Jesus had been put to death on the cross. They were afraid now that if people heard that Jesus had risen from the dead, they themselves would lose even more of their popularity. And so Matthew tells us in his gospel that those chief priests, the religious leaders of the Jewish people, paid those Roman soldiers a, a hefty sum of money in order to tell the lie that Jesus' disciples came during the night while the guards were sleeping and stole Jesus' body away. Matthew tells us that that story has been repeated up to the present day. There's another unhappy element in this Easter story. That is the fear of the disciples. Now John tells us that later on Easter evening, the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because of their fear of the Jews. Think about these men. We know that there were ten of them there that evening. Judas had already left to go where he belonged, and Thomas was not present with the other disciples on that first Easter evening. But the other ten disciples who were there, they had, they had been given the equivalent of a graduate-level course in theology from the Lord Jesus himself, spending three years every day together with Jesus. They had seen his miracles, the, the miraculous signs that he had performed, which only the true Almighty God could do. They had heard his powerful teaching of God's Word, which was unlike any human teacher had ever taught before. They'd even heard him multiple times foretell 
tell them clearly that he would be arrested and crucified, but that he would rise from the dead. They had all his promises of joy locked in their hearts. Jesus had spoken to them just on the night before he was crucified. He said that, I am doing this so that your joy may be complete. But now look at them. There was no joy in their hearts. Why not? Well, Luke's gospel tells us that when the women had come back from the tomb in in hurry and excitement and, and told the disciples that Jesus' tomb was empty, that an angel had appeared to them, and that Jesus himself, risen from the dead, had also appeared to them, when those women told this to the disciples, Luke tells us that these words seemed to them like nonsense, and they did not believe them. That's it. That is why there was no joy yet in their hearts. Because unbelief and doubt is the cause of fear. Unbelief in all of its various forms robs people of the inner peace and, and joy that we should have in our Savior Jesus and replaces it instead with a gnawing anxiety in the pit of our stomach. Where people don't believe in a loving creator and savior God, they have nothing to look forward to but to blind fate and and ultimately that sense of impending doom that comes from that. Faith that is uncaring and unpredictable. Where people don't believe in a loving heavenly father and a loving savior, They have nothing to quiet their own guilty consciences. Without a Savior, the thought of judgment, which our our consciences constantly remind us about, drives people to fearful despair. Where people don't believe in a loving Holy Spirit to guide them by his word, they have nothing to direct the footsteps of their lives except for the roadmap of fear and self-centeredness. It is only Easter, with its message of the risen Savior, that changes fear into joy. The message of the angel that Easter morning is overpowering. Don't be afraid, he says. He has risen. Come, see the place where he lay. And the women went, and they saw And then they rushed from the tomb to bring this good news to Jesus' disciples. And we read that on the way, they were met by the risen Jesus himself. And he too tells them, do not be afraid. Fear has no place in a heart that has heard and believed the truth about this miracle of miracles, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Notice the emphasis that the evangelist Matthew, places on this scene. He tells us in verse 8 that the women hurried away from the tomb with fear and great joy. Notice that adjective, great, great joy. So here we see one of the extreme contrasts of Easter from fear, terror, to great joy. This is the result that God intended for us in response to the good news that Jesus is risen from the dead. Our fears are the result of sin, guilt, 
and shame that we feel. We are all born with a sinful nature which we inherited from our parents who inherited it all the way back from our first ancestors, Adam and Eve. Each day we act out on that sinful nature, the temptations that face us from within and from without. Not one person, except for Jesus, in this world has escaped from the chains of sin that our first ancestors passed down to us. And so fear of a righteous God who justly punishes sin is the painful lot of all mankind. And if no help arrives for us to rescue us from that sinful condition and the judgment we deserve, then there's only an eternity of sorrow and suffering that awaits us in hell. But hallelujah, thanks be to God, because Easter, the message of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, changes that fear and that dread of punishment in hell to great joy and the assurance of full forgiveness for all of our sins. We know for certain now that God loves us because he sent his own son to suffer and die to pay the debt that our sins deserve. The load of our guilt is buried at the foot of the cross. The curse for our misdeeds has been removed from us and taken away. The empty tomb of Jesus is God the Father's great amen, his seal of approval to Jesus' work of redemption. We know for certain that Jesus truly is our Savior. By rising from the dead, he vindicated every claim that he made about his status as the eternal Son of God, his equality with God the Father. We now know that all of his promises to us will be fulfilled. Easter truly is a day of extreme joy. Joy in the forgiveness of our sins. Joy in the restoration of peace between us and God and between us and other people for Jesus' sake. Joy in the Bible, in all of it, because all of it is the truth, the very Word of God Himself. Joy even in the coming Judgment Day, because we know that on that day, because of Jesus' forgiveness that He accomplished for us on the cross, we will not hear a list of our sins read out to shame us publicly, but instead we will receive the gracious verdict, not guilty, for Jesus' sake. And on that day, if we have already died by that time, our bodies will be raised back to life and glorified and perfected, and we will see our Savior with our own eyes in our true home of heaven. There's another element of the Easter gospel uh, that our reading for today emphasizes, and that's the contrast between faith and sight. During the days when Jesus humbly walked on this earth among his people, he often spoke to his disciples and, and to all to whom he was teaching about faith. And faith means trust. It's the opposite of unbelief. As the writer to the Hebrews explains it, faith is being sure about what we hope for, being convinced about the things we do not see. Jesus compared even a small faith, even faith as small as a mustard seed, to a great power that could move mountains. In his training, 
Jesus wanted his disciples to rely on faith, not on sight. Jesus wanted his disciples to trust in him and his promises completely, no matter what their eyes beheld. And so is it any wonder that the disciples once prayed when they recognized how small their faith was compared to the task of what Jesus was calling them to trust in and believe, that they cried out to him, increase our faith, Lord. Even the Apostle Thomas, who was later a great and bold missionary, bringing the gospel of Jesus to to many countries throughout the known world at that time, even he initially had to hear his Savior's loving rebuke eight days after Easter, when Jesus said to him, when Thomas finally saw Jesus for for himself with his own eyes and finally believed, when at first he had not believed initially, Jesus said to him, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus wanted his disciples to believe with a simple, childlike faith that he would keep his many promises, that he would rise from the dead on the third day, just as he had told them. What an extreme contrast for the disciples to move from faith to sight that, on that Easter day. They had the great privilege of seeing with their own eyes the fulfillment of those promises of Jesus. Easter gave them the evidence that they so much needed for the later work that they would carry out of of bringing the gospel of Jesus to many different nations throughout the known world at that time and facing torture and death for all of them except for the Apostle John because of that. All of the disciples would, of course, join with the Apostle John in his bold confession of faith, which he wrote at the beginning of his first letter, 1 John chapter 1, when he tells his readers that the Jesus he preached is the risen Lord, the word of life that he saw with his own eyes. John wrote, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have observed and our hands have touched, John is saying, we heard him, we saw him, we touched his risen body, we saw the nail marks in his hands and his feet and the spear wound in his side. We moved from faith to sight. That extreme contrast of moving from faith to sight is the sure promise that Easter holds out to us. Today we walk by faith which is the gift of the Holy Spirit alone worked in our hearts through this good news of God's love and forgiveness through Jesus. As our youth confirmation class students are currently memorizing in Luther's explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, we confess that I believe that I cannot, by my own thinking or choosing, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified, and kept me in the true faith. By faith, we walk through the swamp of our daily temptations to sin. By faith, we walk through the gloomy corridors of pain in our sickness and and injury. By faith, we walk past the destructive cliffs of doubt and despair. By faith, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And as we do so, we fear no evil, 
because we know that our good shepherd Jesus is with us. And finally, when we have passed through the portals of death, then we will see the ultimate climax of Easter. Then we will no longer have to live by faith alone. Then we will live by sight because we will see him in his resurrected glory and we will be glorified just as he has been. Faith will be dissolved into sight. In all eternity, we will praise the love of him who by his resurrection has given us entry into that perfect eternal home of heaven with him. To God be praise and glory. Amen.